Welcome to Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode, we have Melina Terrell, pro volleyball player, really a really dope soul, and shares her journey, and like you can call it her on, the voyage. And she goes through her journey a little bit, the ups and downs, recruiting, you know, the life of being a pro athlete abroad. And that's a lot that you can really just learn from in her journey that can use on your own, on your own voyage. So great story here, great journey. You're really inspired. And a special thing about Melina is she's our latest cover athlete on Nine Point Magazine. So head to the website, go check it out, and let's get to it. Well, Melina, I'm glad to have you on, you know, having on the podcast, uh, learn more about your story. We, we had an intro call and I was like, there's definitely a lot of about your journey that we haven't even touched on yet. So I'm glad to. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm honored to 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 be on here. Really, I'm honored that you were interested enough in in my journey and path to to want to sit on here and talk about it and get yeah, to know more about definitely. it. So the question I was always start with everyone comes on is when you're younger as an athlete, what was like your bigger dream or goal you wanted to achieve? When I was younger. Yeah, like say you were a kid growing up, like, like what was like your, your big dream? Like, ah, I want to be that athlete or that or that thing. What was it? If I'm being honest with you, when I was a kid, I didn't really have a, a big dream. I had no idea what, what my life or what I thought I wanted when I was younger. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be an astronaut. I was just a kid. Like I wasn't thinking about like, the future and what I had big dreams of. I didn't grow up watching a bunch of sports. I didn't have an idol. I just, I was really just being a kid. I was, you know, doing art. I was riding bikes. I was playing house. I was playing Barbie dolls. I was doing all types of stuff that like wouldn't, you wouldn't think would have would lead up to where I'm at in my life right now. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of glad you know, I, I'm kind of happy about that because it's like, you know, as I got a little bit older, then I started to understand what it, you know, was like to make sacrifices and to, and to commit to something. And I think that's a big reason why, like, I'm not burnt out of, of what I'm doing right now, because imagine if I was, I don't know, five or six, and maybe my parents were pushing me too hard towards one sport or whatever. And then it became something that I had to do versus something that I wanted to do. Like I have mixed, I have a a different kind of perspective when it comes to that. So yeah, as a kid, like seven, eight, like I didn't have any dreams. I was just being a kid and just enjoying my childhood to the best, the best that I could. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Richmond, California. In California. All right. Yeah. California. City, rich city. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you say, so you say you're just kind of, you're kind of being a kid and you're just enjoying life, you know, and just, you know, dabbling in everything from art, to, uh, you know, to Barbie, XYZ. So, yeah, to kickball. Like when I was younger, for example, I was, as I was turning in like 11, 12, 13, I started to grow a little bit. And I mean, we had these, uh, <laughs> it was funny. We had these like shorter rim basketball hoops and I'd be out there with the boys having, we'd have dunk contests. Like, <laughs> and so I used to play basketball with the boys. I used to play, play uh, baseball with like, but not really with a baseball, a tennis ball and a baseball bat out there on the, on the blacktop. Like, we used to, there's the BART. I don't know if you know about the Bay Area, but we have uh, this BART train. It's it's a, it's a form of uh, public transportation. And like, that was the thing. Like you could, you want to hit the ball way up in the train tracks. Like that's what I used to do, you know? I mean, I played, I played the school sports and everything. Like I played basketball, volleyball, basketball really was my first sport. I mean, if I could say I did used to say I was going to play for the NBA, not the WNBA, but the NBA, you know, but again, I wasn't watching basketball on television. Like maybe my dad would have the NBA finals or something on TV, but like I'd get distracted and I'd just go eat some food or I'd go outside. Like yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a thing that I was just like, oh yeah, like I want to, I want to do this when I get older and stuff like that. It was, 
whatever I saw, whatever I liked, I just, I just did it. It didn't, um, I didn't think about a future in it yeah. at that time. So, <laughs> so when did it become a thought about future or a thought about, you know, maybe I want to use sports, go to college, or I want to use sports as an avenue for this. When, when did that, that, that maybe thought hit in your mind? So when I was going into the eighth grade around that time, like seventh grade and eighth grade during the summers, my mom would send me to some of these like camps, like these basketball camps and volleyball camps uh, at certain high schools. So Legion High School, which is where I went to high school, where three of my siblings went to high school, uh, St. Mary's, a rival school. Um, I would go to their summer camps and then I played CYL. So that's the club. That's not the club. That's uh, the the league that I would play in for my Catholic school that I uh, went to. And so we played against this team. We made it to like the playoffs or something. And I mean, I guess I killed it (laughs) because one of the coaches was one of the parents of the girls that we play of one of the girls that we played against. And he, his name was Paul Steer. I'll never forget Paul Steer because he's the one that started kind of, he's the one that kind of started all of this. Uh, He walked up to my parents and me after the game and was like, have you considered putting her in club volleyball? Like we've never seen her before at any of the tournaments. So is she playing club? And they're just like, well, no, my my parents had no idea what club volleyball was and neither did I. And, you know, he was connected to one of the, Uh, local club teams here in the Bay area called, um, acceleration. And he was just like, well, you know, maybe she should come to some clinics, come to some, you know, camps just so she could see what it would be like to, you know, practice at that level. Um, because yeah, like it's basically travel ball. Like you, you can try out for the team and you go to these different tournaments and then this could lead up to going to junior Olympics and who knows, maybe she could get some college looks. And so my parents are like, oh shoot we didn't know that so word kind of you know got around that like you know I was gonna go start going to these places and then um there's this player her name was Tara Murray she was a big player at the time like in high school and in club volleyball um and our fathers worked together and so she was like well you need to try out for Golden Bear Golden Bear was like a rival club team for acceleration. And so I went to a couple of their clinics as well. And so long story short, I ended up trying out for both teams, uh, which is their 14th team because club starts at like 12, 11s. So I'm 14 and I'm trying out up against girls that have been playing since they were 12, been playing, you know, at this level, you know, so I made both teams, both of the, they have like top teams. So I made the 14 ones team. They have 14 ones, 14 twos. And so I made both teams and I had to make a choice. And it's crazy because the guy that originally recruited me, like kind of hyped up the idea that like, Oh, there's this girl. She's like long and lean. She's talented. She can jump. Like we could really do a lot. Like I didn't go with that club. (laughs) Poor Paul. But like, no, Paul was he he always showed love because it's funny. After a couple years later, his daughter eventually came to the club that I played for and we ended up being teammates. Her name is Rachel Steer. uh, One heck of a libero, man. Um, So, yeah, like. And that the crazy thing about that was that was the year where I was also kind of pondering the idea of playing AAU basketball because I would also go to basketball camps at some of these high schools. And, you know, I go on a camp, people were talking to my parents about, okay, there's some opportunities for AAU teams. She's a good basketball player. Like we see how she's growing. Like she's like, naturally that was my, like my first competitive sport um, that I really enjoyed. I love playing basketball. Like that was my thing, you know, like that really did become like my, my go-to, like I really, really enjoyed playing that. Um, but I chose club volleyball over AAU basketball. Cause it, it was, you couldn't do two, you know what I mean? They're both expensive and, you know, just 
going back and forth to both like would have been really difficult. So uh, I chose volleyball. And yeah, when I was 14, that was my first uh, club volleyball season. First time traveling out the state, mm. you know, traveling to different places. And we went to Junior Olympics that year um, in Atlanta. And I had never that was so cool. I never traveled across the country. The farthest I'd ever gone was Los Angeles to Disneyland when I was seven years old. Dang. So this was a huge year because yeah, we went to all these different types of places. And, and then I remember, I think towards the middle of the season, like before, before we went to junior Olympics is when I got my first letter of interest in the mail from the university of Nevada. And I was like, wait, what is this? You know, I was so, I was so confused as to what that was. And my parents opened it and like, this is a, this is a, a college letter, you know? So that was when it started to kind of become like a, oh shoot, like this is what, this is what a possibility could be. More letters coming in, more possible choices of where you're going to go to college. And I didn't even, I had just was about to graduate from the eighth grade. Wow. So this kind of became like, a, okay, this is what this is about. We're going to stick with it. And so, yeah, those next uh, four years in high school was all about just like, okay, I need to make the best team for my club. And the goal is to get my team to go to junior Olympics every year so that I could see what my, you know, see what happens. But I had no idea how to handle all that when that started to get really real. When books start coming in, let more letters start coming in. Coaches start emailing. Coaches start calling my high school coach. Like I would have gone that. I would have gone about that a completely different way had I known uh, that there was a better way to go about it. When you say that, so like, no, there's probably a lot of kids. A lot of kids are going to hear this and I think, what what does she mean by go about it a different way? What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is like when you get books from different colleges from all over the country, it can be overwhelming when you have no idea what any of that means. You have no any idea what the NCAA clearinghouse and all this. You have no idea what the NCAA is and what it means, what opportunities come with it. You have no idea, you know, what it means to. I didn't have any idea what it meant to start doing research on school, start thinking about, well, what is it that I'm interested in? What kind of, you know, what kind of school do I want? Do I want a private school? Do I want a big school? Do I want a school that has small classes? Do I want a school that's by the beach? Do I want a school that's in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the States? Like, I didn't know how important those things were. And quite frankly, my parents were super busy with work. Um, and I can't, I will never put the blame on them, but they just, they just didn't know. I mean, the recruiting process for sports was, you know, probably different back when my dad was playing, uh, ba he was playing baseball. He went to, um, Kansas state for a year, but like left, you know, for personal reasons and stuff like that. So he was a collegiate athlete, but not for long. And so, um, I didn't really have so much guidance, you know, I mean, um, there was a. I think it was University of Georgia that was in contact with my high school coach that was like, we want to schedule a visit. Like, we want to fly her out here. We want her to visit our school. Didn't go. <laughs> like, why? I don't know. It's like you get five. At the time, you get five official visits. I took two. And they were both within an hour away from where I lived. So... No, I was, I remember being super overwhelmed and not knowing how to deal with all of those books. Like, what did all of that mean? I mean, there was a, there was Dave Rubio at, um, at University of Arizona that was, you know, recruiting me heavily. And I remember he came to Las Vegas and he was watching my game and, you know, like, that's a very good volleyball school, especially during that time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've got players like Kirstie Jackson coming out of there. You know, she was a USA uh, athlete. Um, she's a friend of mine. Uh, so that's a, that's a good school. And I remember my club coach at the time, Emerson, was like, hey, Melina, like, Rubio's interested. You got to 
you got to get going on this. Like, I don't know what's going on over there, but you need to answer, you know, your emails. And I just, I just did. I was, I was shook. I was, I was stuck. I just didn't know. It just, I, and I, I feel really bad thinking about it. Cause I'm like, man, I was like a deer in the headlights with that kind of stuff. Had no idea. And then all of a sudden you get a, uh, a piece of mail that says, hi, Malia Terrell, sorry to inform you, but we are no longer recruiting you at this time. Blew it. Absolutely dropped the ball. Um, but, you know, things happen for a reason. And I went on an official visit at the, I went on an unofficial and an official visit at the University of San Francisco. Um, it was close to home. And it just, it was a smaller school. I went to a small high school. I graduated with 120 something kids. Wow. Right. <laughs> You've got some universities where that's the size of one whole class. class. Yeah. You know, one whole class. So for me, USF, like, because it was so small, everything was kind of compact and in the same area. And like, it just seemed great. And Gilad Doron at the time, he's at Dartmouth right now. Um, he was the head coach at USF and, you know, they had some promising goals to do well in the WCC and again, the thought that my parents could come to every game was great. Uh, they could come to every home game was great. I mean, whether it was come to the home games here in San Francisco or an hour and a half in Santa Clara or at St. Mary's College, which is what, 20 minutes from my hometown. Like, uh, yeah, St. Mary's is like 20 minutes from Richmond. So the thought of, you know, being able to play there, my parents could come to see that game was just like, that felt good, you know? And uh, yeah, so I made my decision to stay at USF. I took another visit to Sacramento State, but that just wasn't, it just, I didn't feel it. It just wasn't yeah. it. Uh, so so I chose the, yeah, I chose the green and gold in San Francisco because Sacramento State is also green and gold. So, so earlier you said you, you do the process differently, right? Would you still have the same values though of like wanting close to home or you know, wanting family to be able to visit or a smaller school? Would you still have that same value if you did that whole process differently? Um, possibly no, because I, I I can't I don't know actually. Because had I had known the importance of maybe like maybe I should get a mentor, maybe I should if I knew the opportunity to have mentors, if I knew that those resources were out there to maybe talk to a girl that's already in college or yeah. another, if I, for example, had I had had these idols or these young women that played pro that I knew of that I could reach out to and say, Hey, how do you go about the process of choosing a school? And they, maybe they could have helped me, you know, okay. So what is it that you're, what is it that you're like? What's your, you know, comfort level? Do you want to stay in your comfort zone or do you want to challenge yourself by leaving home? Do you want to challenge yourself by being in a bigger class? You know, maybe that would mean that you want to be by the beach because I love beaches. Of course I love beaches. I love warm weather. Countless times I was in San Francisco. I'm like, it's too cold up here, you know, but <laughs> at the same time, I love San Francisco. I love, um, yeah, San Francisco was great. So it really depends. I can't sit here and say that I know that I can't sit here and say that I know that had I had that guidance that I would go about it the same way of thinking of, you know, because maybe someone would have questioned me and saying, how, like, how bad do you want something different? Like, do you want something that's going to really help you grow? Do you want to get out of your comfort zone to, to test yourself, see what you can handle, test your limits? So it could have, maybe it could have been com something completely different had somebody challenged me uh, in that way of thinking. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure a lot, a lot, a lot of athletes have that, that same process, whether that's volleyball, basketball, football, of like thinking like, I'm trying to figure out what school fits me, you know, and where do, right? I, where do I want to go with this after the sport or during the sport, so. so exactly, yeah. those are all the things you got to think about because like, it's crazy. My first semester, I like, as far as choosing a major, I didn't know. I always knew that I liked being able to talk to people and help my friends. And I didn't usually help myself, but I was always helping a friend, you know, 
I was like, okay, let me major in psychology. <laughs> After one semester, dropped that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Was too much work, was too much research, was too much about the human brain and behavior. And I was just like, uh uh-uh. uh, nope, I'm cool. And I need to find something that, you know, isn't gonna require so, so much work. Like, of course, I know I'm going to have to do my school work. You know, I'm, I'm a college student. I'm going to need to work to get good grades and all that kind of stuff. But let me gear it around something that I like. What do I like? Art. I like to draw. Okay. What I saw, but do I want to do fine arts? Cause I know fine arts also takes a lot, but maybe something, you know, what, what else? And then I was with an advisor and she kind of helped me come to a conclude the conclusion um the concluding choice of an advertising major and then eventually i added a graphic design minor because i liked what those descriptions of some of these art classes had to offer and so yeah like i'm i'm happy with my i'm happy with those decisions that i made to minor uh, major and minor in those things because it allowed me to stay connected to another talent of mine which is being artsy which is drawing and all that kind of things I got I actually got I learned a lot more about myself uh actually in choosing some of those uh courses um it was awesome because it allowed me to completely kind of have a break from the sport world and volleyball world and completely dive into something else um so yeah it's crazy how you can think you're into one thing and then after one semester, you're like, nope. And you can do something completely opposite, something different. So, uh, yeah. So just so far, I feel like it, for you, it's about a journey of discovering yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. To say the least, like, yeah, yeah the journey of just learning about, learning more about who you are, like to the core, you know, what your limits are, what you're willing to do, what you're willing to tolerate with, you know, yourself, other people, you know, your world, your career, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Self-discovery. <laughs> so while you, while you're in school, was it, was it ever a thought of a pro career or was it just more of just, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, to, I'm gonna get to get my degree here and, and do this life after sports. So I, going into my sophomore year, our coach was connected to this, um, agency called uh, bring it USA. And so I don't know if you ever heard that, like, there's a lot of volleyball teams in the country that will go on like this European tour together overseas. And so it wasn't our year for that yet, but bring it USA also hosted this, uh, these little tournaments out in Europe called the, one of them is called the Croatia global challenge. And so what they would do is like, they would allow like the USA to gather up a couple of teams. And that consisted of some college players, some even high school players. And my coach was putting together, one of our, our assistant coach, Ken Coe, was putting together a team, uh, a team from like some girls here in California, consisting of some girls uh, here in California. And he asked uh, myself and one of my teammates at the time, like, do you guys want to go to Europe and play in this tournament? Like, our first stop was Slovenia. Um, we were in Maribor and also spent some time in Ljubljana. And there's this volleyball center called the Draw Center where a lot of like the Slovenian national team trains, um, the Cameroonian men's national team was training there. And so, yeah, it's a volleyball hotel. They have like a workout place. Uh, imagine going like your first time in Europe, like you just – and it was cool because my parents knew how bad I wanted to go. So they're like, hey, like, we'll, you know, you, you, you got a free scholarship. You got a, you got a free ride to go to college. We're not paying for you to go to school. So, you know, we can help, you know, you fulfill whatever this, whatever this leads to, who knows what this is going to come into after this experience. So we went to Europe and we were training there. We played in some friendly matches against some of the local teams uh, just as a way to like train and practice. And we were there for a few days and then the global challenge was in Croatia. So we traveled from Slovenia to Croatia in a city called Pula. And, oh man, that was just, 
that kind of did it like sold it for me was like man like you could come out here and and play like you could come out here to the other side of the world and possibly play at that time I didn't understand fully the professional side of things because nobody was really talking about that um but that was just like okay this is a tournament a bunch of girls are here there's some local clubs okay cool then the next season after my sophomore year was our year for USF to go on their European tour. And you showed out, right? What'd you say? You showed out, you balled out. Of course. Yeah. Like, man, we, so we went at that time, we went to the Czech Republic. We were in Slovenia. We were in Croatia. uh, We were in Hungary. So each of those cities, we played against like a friendly team. And, and these friendly, these friendly, friendly teams, sorry, friendly games. So these friendly games were against these local teams, these local club teams, these, some of these local professional club teams. So that was when I learned, oh shoot, like this could be something that I really want to do. And I knew that after one of the coaches uh, said to my coach at the time, like, she going to play pro after she graduates? And they're like, well, if that's what she wants to do, of course, we're going to help her get to that. So that's when that conversation started. And then that's when Bring It USA was like, hey, like, once you graduate, you know, once you're out of no longer an amateur athlete, like, that's when we can start having conversations about, like, what we're going to do with your pro career. So that was when I was like, all right, that's the goal. That's the goal after I graduate, get an agent, get to Europe and play. So question for you before you, before you keep going. So in high school, you say, you know, um, like the, the club coach saw you, you know, attention came, you got more exposure to the college and they start calling you that way. Right, so now that you're going to this pro journey, was you, were, were you more prepared for the attention? Than you, now that you kind of went through, through the high school journey a little bit or? Well, in this case, I, I wasn't sure if the attention was going to be there because I, and that, at that point, I kind of just knew like, okay, I need to perform now. And then whoever my manager or whatever, that's their job to do later. That's kind of what I had learned. But I also did still didn't know that, like, I didn't know that they would still be watching. Like, I didn't know that had we made it to an NCAA tournament that a coach in freaking Italy watches those. I still wasn't aware of that. So, like, even then, like, I still didn't have the guidance from a professional athlete. I didn't have any connection with any professional athletes about like, how do I go pro? So in my mind, it was just, all right, let me get through these through, let me get through these couple of years of college, play really well, then eventually gather my film. And then hopefully whatever manager I hire is going to get me that job, but still, still clueless about like, how to better my chances in, you know, having, you know, uh, getting a, sealing a good contract and a good job and stuff like that. Like there's so much, there's so many resources that we could use that like a lot of girls don't know, like, especially now being a seasoned professional right now, like I have talked to college girls, you know, I have talked to girls that are looking for an agency and helped steer them towards the direction of my agency because you know I've been doing this for a few years and I want them to be able to get the kind of uh assistance that I didn't have that I didn't even know I could have that I didn't even know that was possibly out there so I can't say I was fully prepared in college either you know because <laughs> I just I just didn't know so I know when we had our first call you, you kind of mentioned how you know that first year, you, like Ryan, right, to, 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 to yeah. kind of help you out on a shot. Can you kind of explain that story, you know, how you kind of landed that landed that first team abroad? Yeah, so after I finished my senior year, my senior season, my senior beach volleyball season, uh, that's when I started, you know, asking around about like, okay, how do I go about signing with an agency? Because the Spring It USA agency was like, hey, we're ready to sign you so that we can get you a job, blah, blah, blah. But something was kind of like, maybe you should kind of do some research, you know, maybe reach out to a couple of girls that you recently found out are playing club uh, just to see outweigh your, you know, outweigh your options and kind of compare situations based on some of the information you get from some of these girls that are represented by both of them. Um, 
heard some good things, heard some not so good things. So I reached out to a girl who was represented by Elite Volley, and she had a lot of good things to say about Ryan. Um, she was in Azerbaijan. She was in Azerbaijan, I think, at that time. Uh, and so I also was in a strange. I was also in a strange position because I was playing in a position where it's not really clear what I play. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to explain that, but volleyball folks would truly know this. So I was rotating in as a middle blocker, but I was attacking once on the left, once in the middle and once on the right. And they did a double sub, brought in the other setter and the other opposite, and the other opposite but wasn't an opposite. She was a true middle blocker. And then her and I switched. I was blocking on the right. She was blocking in the middle. You have that kind of video and you show to a European team. They're like, what the hell is this? Like, okay, sure. She could bang from the left. She could bang from the middle. She could bang from the right, but can she play defense? Sometimes she serves. Can she receive? So that was a little bit complicated. And uh, when I finally did uh, after writing Ryan a novel of an email, it was just like, listen, I know I'm not an All-American. I've never played in an NCAA tournament. Uh, I don't have a big name. I've never played with USA, but I want to do this. I want to work for this. Give me a chance. That's just the, the small summary of what I wrote. I wrote, I poured out everything I had in that email to hopefully convince him to give me a shot as a as you know to give me representation and to try and push me to get me on a team in Europe because that's when I knew I really I really wanted to do that um and so I think he was I think he liked my um ambition and how inspired I was and so yeah he took me on and he was like but I'm not marketing you as a middle blocker because it's just not it's just not going to work out. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to work out for you. And like, there's, you know, my future could go well as a, as a pin hitter. Um, so it was hard to find me a job though, because again, like teams are not, if it's, especially in Europe, if it's not like a clear outside hitter, a true opposite hitter, opposite hitter, a true middle libero, whatever, like it's, it's difficult to want to bring that kind of player on your team. You know, it's, it's kind of risky, yeah. but there was hope uh, by the grace of the incredible Kristen Carlick. She's an incredible, incredible lady. She's actually an American who was coaching a team in Denmark. And she was like, I love her, bring her over. <laughs> and, you know, she understood where she understood my, she understood my position and what I was doing. And she had full confidence that she could help in me and my journey and becoming a pin hitter. And at the time that was me literally relearning how to be a position six player um, and be an outside hitter. Uh, so, oh, when I tell you like in Denmark, we practice maybe a couple times, a couple times per week, a couple, like three times total, four times total per week. Um, because, you know, Denmark, it's uh, again, I, I loved playing there. I loved uh, the opportunity that I had to truly get my foot in the door in European volleyball, you know, and start to have create a small little space for my name out there. Uh, I mean, I told her, I said, listen, can we get in the gym? Even if we don't have practice, like, can we work on reps? Like, let me get in there. Like, I owe a lot to her because she always believed in me and she always believed that I could that I could do something that I had potential to do something in Europe so what I mean like I lived across the street from our home game gym so we'd go in there just me and her and rep it out rep it out with technique and I'm, I was a super raw player I'm not I'm not a player that came up being technically great because I didn't I didn't again I didn't go to those USA high performance clinics and and trainings and tournaments because like I just didn't know about them whether that's my fault or not or whatever I didn't know about them and it, it is what it was like I was at the level I was at and no matter what I was going to work hard to try to be better you're, you're and underdog. that's what I did absolutely 
And that's what I did. And so um, as to wrap up the whole Denmark story, Ryan, he said, listen, uh, I'm going to, we're going to send you to Denmark. It's, you're hardly going to get paid anything that's going to allow you to have any kind of savings after, but it's not about the money right now. It's about you getting your foot into the door. And if you want to make it out of Denmark, you need to be the top scorer. You need to be the best server. You need to be the MVP of the league to get out of there because that's what our goal is. Did it. (laughs) Did it. And, you know, I, I owe a lot again to that coach, Kristen, because she pushed me. And there was hard moments. There was tough moments in that league because it wasn't just like, oh, because it's a lower level of volleyball, it's going to be easy. No, I had a lot to learn about the game. Still learning about the game. I had a lot to learn about what I could do as a player. Uh, Still learning about that. So uh, it was great. Um, I achieved all of those accolades and I got out of Denmark and I got to Germany after that. So, so for you, like just hearing your story, right? You're 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 underdog. You kind of have this chip on your shoulder, right? So for you, what what like drives you to to keep wanting to be better or you know to prove that you are you know Melina Terrell? Like 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 what drives you? I don't know. When I when I started like playing sports, it's crazy. My mom used to call me the quiet storm because like I was the quiet one like on the court I wasn't very vocal but then I was used to jump up and hit this shit out of the ball like you know but I was always that social butterfly outside of the court I was always like talked to everybody loved everybody like that's just always been me but on the court like it was just like man how do I just completely annihilate this ball. Like that feeling of just like that, that competitive nature that I have inside of me, it looks different for everybody. You know, some people it's shouting to the other team and flexing their muscles. For some of us, it's just like, dang, I just got that kill. And I feel freaking great about that. I want to do it more and more because it's like just that, that camaraderie of it, that feeling of like everything that you have to do to get that one point. And you've got to do that. 21 times in the professional league or sorry sorry 25 times I'm thinking beach volleyball my bad um for 25 points or more if it's tied uh, at the end so and then possibly three sets four sets five sets you know what I mean that end goal is just like man which team can just like have that grit and just you know, make the most points, make the least amount of mistakes, you know, together as a team. And, you know, I think the more that I started hearing people say, like, you have so much potential. And then when I would see some of when I did start to see some higher level volleyball and see some of these girls jump and I'm just like, well, I jump just as high or I hit just as harder. She may be technically better than me, but I'm just as physically strong as that girl. So it was always just like to see what my biggest challenge is going to be in my career and, and to overcome it, you know, uh, whether it be level of play, whether it be uh, experience due to the country that I'm in or whatever. It's just like, I want to know like how far I can take this thing, Yeah, you know, like just coming from where I'm from and given my life experiences it's like, I want to be able to tell like some young girl, like my story and be like, listen, it doesn't matter where you're from, like how you're brought up, whatever, what your family situation's like, anything like this is, this is what you can do. You can even go beyond this. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's to be able to tell a, a story, an incredible story and inspire a girl to just kind of follow her follow that dream and whether whatever she wants to do, whether it's volleyball, basketball, um, become a, an astronaut, become a health guru, become a yoga uh, teacher, a missionary, wherever it's like, wherever your heart, whatever your heart desires, it's like, don't lose it and do whatever you need to do to achieve that. And as long as you're, you know, focus on, you know, loving yourself and being a great person in, in this world, you know, you'll, you'll get those things, you know? So, Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> That's a big part of it, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, I, and I think like you talked about earlier, like you know, if like you know, you want to inspire someone to be their own Maria Terrell, right? To become become her own version of greatness. Yeah, and, really. You know, I mean, it's it's also not just like the other little girls. Like, I'll I'll be honest. I hope to have a little girl of my own one day. Yeah. You know, like I want her to be proud of me. I want her to be inspired by me and, and make her own way. And like, I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. Nobody's perfect. I don't think I'm going to be a perfect mom, you know, cause I wasn't a perfect daughter. I would never, I will never be a perfect person. It doesn't exist. But if I can, you know, live in a, a life full of abundance, trial and error and learning and continuous learning and, you know, putting those adapting and and putting those lessons, you know, applying those lessons to my everyday life and just becoming a a better person each day and being a light. Like we said before, there's a lot of things that I want to do. So many things I want to do that volleyball right now is just the the vehicle right now for those things to eventually uh, happen for me. But yeah, just the the thought of being able to tell like my daughter, my story and her be like, man, I'm proud of her or dang. Like I want to, I want to, I want to, I don't want to be her, but I want to, I want to be better than her. Like, you know, I want to exceed all of those accomplishments that she's has and even more, but in my own way, yeah. you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. That's special too. Cause it's almost like, it's almost like, you want to be what you wish you had in the sense maybe like for the volleyball world, right? Maybe I understand recruiting. Now you can, now you can do that. Now the pro journey, you can do that or, yeah. or, making, or making wings, right? Right, right. <laughs> no, I got that from my mama. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is I, as you're right. And I'll point that out as opposed to what I didn't have in, in the volleyball world coming up because I had everything I needed as a parent, I, I, like as, as I had everything I needed when it comes to my mom, you know, yeah. like, Again, nobody's perfect. My mom wasn't perfect. She never will be perfect. But I couldn't have wished for a better mother. You know what I mean? We've, I've had, I had a very interesting childhood. Um, and uh, everybody's, everybody's got a story to tell in regards to that. Yeah. But my mom has literally been my rock in so many um, events in my life not just growing up, but even as a professional athlete, because it ain't all peaches and cream out here living overseas, because what people tend to forget is it's like, we go through everyday issues the way anybody else does. <laughs> like From, I don't know, from self-confidence to love life, to just being a citizen in this world. Um, we go through stuff, we go through shit. Like it gets lonely out there. You question who you are sometimes. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I'm speaking for myself. Like I've gone through so many things in the last seven years playing pro. So things that you don't ever, you know, wouldn't wish on people, things that you're like, dang, I never thought I'd go through that. You know what I mean? But that's another thing. It's like, there's some things that I, I, I hope that, you know, my, if I, if I'm blessed, if I'm blessed with a daughter or a son, like, I hope that they would never have to go through, you know what I mean? But one day I'm not going to mind sharing these things with them so that like, to let them know that if these things happen to you, like this is life. And it's like, whatever happens to you in your life, it's up to you to decide. You decide if you're going to let what happens in your life dictate how you treat people, how you treat yourself how you shape the world and how you look at life and the kind of person that you want to be. It's up to you whether or not you decide, you just be like, you know what, this happened to me, life sucks. I'm just going to be a shitty person. That that's your choice. Nobody is holding a gun in your head telling you to do that. You decide that. And that's one of the, another one of the big lessons I want to teach, whether it's my kids or young girls out there, it's like, it's up to you. There are some people that I know that I've had some of the most nightmare of stories, of life stories, but they're some of the most beautiful human beings and they treat people well because they just want to be good to this earth. It's like, there are things that are going to happen to you. There are people that, there, there are people that are going to treat you like crap. 
and sometimes it seems like the universe isn't gonna isn't giving you any good so sometimes you feel like I gotta give you know I want I want to give back to the universe bad energy because I'm getting good I'm not getting good energy or I feel like shit it's like that's really on you you decide that because for me it feels so much better to have gone through the things that I've gone through but to still choose love and light at the end of the day that makes me feel so much better knowing that like knowing that I choose that and knowing that I know people see it because people tell me that like I I, I know that I'm a light in people's world because like people tell me that it's bright too it's, it's bright <laughs> I I know that. So it's not just about like, oh, I want people to think of me of this, but it's just like, you know, lasting impressions matter. You know, it's like when I freaking die, whenever that's going to be, you know, whether that's whether that's five years from now, whether who knows, because tomorrow is not freaking promised. But the last person that I talked to or touched, like. I want them to feel that warmth I want them to see that light I don't want them to see the dark because I've already seen the dark I don't want people to see that but I don't mind sharing that I don't mind sharing that there's been darkness there because we're human life happens but just because I've seen the dark and been in the dark it doesn't mean that that's what I have to give out and that's my choice I love doing this like I love these conversations because like there's certain guests like you that, that just keep it real Right. And, and, it, and it makes the message travel beyond sports, you know, and 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 like what you're saying is like, like real life, you know, it's like in the day, a win and loss may suck, but you live life outside of the game, outside of your sport. And how do you accommodate, you know, the death of family members? How do you accommodate the heartbreaks? How do you accommodate, you know, you know, the the, the losing, you know, the getting cut by a team, right? How do you accommodate those those dark moments? And and like you're saying, you know, it's sometimes it's up to us to to keep being a light in, in, in a dark space. And because that happens. All the stuff you just listed, yeah. an accumulation of all of that, man, it'll drive you to drink. <laughs> 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 what I tell you. Oh, like just this last year, I was dealing with some stuff. Like, do I know that I'm not the only person that has problems? Absolutely. Everybody has their issues. But sometimes we deal with things not in the best way. And I can sit here and be honest with myself and say, like, there were some things that I I didn't handle in the best way, whether it's, you know, uh, professionally or, or whatever, you know, but I can sit back and be honest with myself and be like, you know what, I could have dealt with that better. You know, I could have dealt with my emotions better. You know, I need to learn a little bit more with that, you know, because, you know, again, I'm known for being that, you know, that energetic light. So then when I change up, people are like, well, dang, what's going on with that girl? This isn't right. And like, I don't like for that to happen, but I'm human. Those things happen. We make mistakes. We handle things not always in the most perfect way. And that happened. And when I tell you, uh, you know, just dealing with some of the stuff I dealt with this last year with a lot of questioning of, of myself and, you know, where my career was headed with not being signed and all this stuff. Like, I, it wasn't, it wasn't all that great. And it took me some time. You know, my mom came to the rescue. She came out to Europe with me and she helped me get through some things, you know, because I had a few emotional breakdowns just because things get hard, stuff just hit you and you don't always know how to deal with it. And that's also a reason why like I'm, I'm all for help. Like I have a sports psych, uh, Barrett, and we didn't talk a lot this season. And I think that like this next year, like I'm definitely gonna have more sessions with her because like she helps. I love her, you know, she literally knows every detail about my life and I trust her with that. And, you know, she's been an athlete before, you know, so she's, she's been a professional volleyball player before um, she has been in my shoes. And so that's why, again, I'll, I'll never, never put shame on getting help on therapy and stuff like that. People put, people think it's a tab. Some people think it's a taboo is put shame on that. Do not, because there are some people that have been through your shoes. They haven't been in your exact shoes because they don't live the exact same life, but they can relate to you. And so, you know, I actually have a actually have a session with her in the next couple of weeks just to catch up. And this is going to be geared more towards like 
you know, mindfulness and being in the moment and stuff like that. I mean, I'm reading the mindful athlete right now. So like, uh, yeah, just sometimes you have those, those times, sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's a day. So me over the years, I've been trying to accept that sometimes I have those moments, but how do I shrink that month down to maybe a week? How do I shrink that week of toughness down to maybe a day? And sometimes you're not going to always get it. Sometimes you'll feel like, dang, everything's wrong. And then boom, you might have a bad season. You might have a a not so great second half of the season, or you might have a bad ending of the season. And that's how, that's what I had to deal with this last year. Um, But I took some time. I mean, when I tell you I was having maybe a drink for almost every single meal and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but like I had to go through that. I had to go through there was moments where, you know, I was taking everything, you know, offensively, you know, I was taking everything personally. And, you know, it was hard to hear the truth. If somebody called me out on something, especially because they're like, that's not like you. But, you know, I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle being told about myself. And I can sit here and I can be an honest woman to say that I couldn't handle being told about myself. But, you know, um, let's see, in June, I was in I was in Greece for like 20 days and I just allowed myself to just get back to just being happy and enjoying, you know, myself, enjoying the people around me. Um, and then now I'm home and now it's all about like, I'm back to real business. Like I'm getting in shape. I'm getting in the best shape of my life. I'm discovering things about myself that I didn't even know existed, you know, certain strengths. Um, I gave up alcohol for the, this whole month. I'm eating right. I, I really feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I always, every summer, like you, you can't ask anybody and say, Oh, does Melina work hard in the off season? You'll never hear anybody say, no, she's a slacker. You will never hear anybody say that. Ask anybody, Melina grinds. That's just, that's just what you think about Melina. Oh, Melina Terrell, what is she? That's a grinder. That girl's always working on something, you know? That's just who I am. So again, to be able to be honest with yourself and look at yourself in the mirror and accept that things are not perfect. Things don't always look great but there's always an opportunity to learn. And I've learned from a whole heck of a lot of people. I've learned from, you know, teammates. I've learned from mentors. You know, I've learned from my parents. I've even learned from Ryan, you know, like, I don't know if he'll listen to this, but him and I have our moments and he's my agent, but him and I have a different, you know, we have an interesting relationship. He's like a big brother to me. And, you know, as a, as a big brother who wants to see like your younger sister, like succeed and she gets trapped up, like, you know, you'll feel the need to kind of try to put in your two cents and try to make that person see it. But like, you know, it's going to be on my time, you know, and I have to decide when it's time for me to grow. I choose that. And so I can take all these lessons from all these people in my life and, you know, just who they are and how close to me, you know, yeah, like. That self-discovery, you know, like we've been talking about. Self-discovery, really, at the end of the day. (laughs) So so question for you. So when's the book dropping? When's the book dropping? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too funny, you know. That's funny that you say that is I did this exercise with my sports psych last summer in quarantine because in quarantine like that was that's the thing I feel like like the quarantine either that was a time where you could either make it or break it yep with if you were in a relationship your relationship was either gonna break or it was it was gonna get better you know like that was a make or break time because people didn't know what to do with themselves people were just like oh my god like Regular, you know, people either let themselves go nutritionally or people got their shit together. People started meditating. People started working out like there was like no in between. It was one or the other. That's that was my my observation of things. But you already know what I did. That was self-improvement. You know, that was my my choice. So I started working with my sports psych a little bit more. It was off season. No one knew when season was going to start back up again, if there was going to be a next season because COVID like COVID was a bitch. Um, uh, 
so I had a session with her and we did this exercise and this, I always love explaining this exercise we did. So like, let me see if I can explain it as well as it actually was. So when it comes to like our journey of life, right? Or you think about this voyage, think about a ship. Okay. And every ship needs a crew, right? So your crew is like all of those people inside here. And so, um, so yeah, you're on this journey of life. You're, you're on this voyage, you're on this ship. And in this ship is all of those, all of those different parts of you, those voices, those characters. And so she said, we're going to identify your crew. So she just started telling me like, who's in that crew? You're the, you're the captain of your ship. And you're the captain of your ship on this voyage of life. And your crew of that ship is, you know, your feelings, your personalities, your voices, all of those that are super important. Um, and you need your crew to make this uh, ship run as successfully as possible to reach, you know, whatever destination that is. And you have, mul- maybe you have, you have pit stops, you have multiple destinations. Right now, that destination for me is, you know, my career, all the different places that I'm going to play in. Then after that, that next destination might be marriage. That next destination might be motherhood. That next destination might be owning a business. And that next destination might be, I don't know, who knows, but these destinations can come, you know, whenever you decide to have another vision of this is what I want to do. Um, so everyone in the crew needs to be taken care of. And in this voyage of life, what can come up? Storms, rough waters, calm waters, etc. cetera. Um, each crew member has, you know, their job of their own. Uh, so Melina Terrell, me, I'm the captain of the ship my crew. And she had me list out, like do a list of the crew. So I have the physically able and the strong one, the adventurous one, the sensitive one, the emotional one, the clown, like the funny one, the fearless one has no fear, will is game to just do anything that needs to be done. The motivational and the encouraging one, the ambitious and the hungry one, the giving and generous one, the insecure one, self-conscious one, the loving one, the intense one, but like that blue energy intense, uh, the doubtful one, and then there's the weak one, the weak link. And so we dove hard into that and we kind of, yeah, like, and the one that we ended up working on was the weak link, how to identify her and how to learn how to not shut her out because, you know, she's just as important as the rest of them, you know, but sometimes when she decides to put her little two cents in, you know, in the middle of a game and starts telling you, oh, you suck. Why did you do that? You know, she's there for a reason. She's there because you're going through something. And then like, we identified like when she's popped up in my life in different parts of my life. And it was just like, this, this was a crazy exercise. So long story short about this book, (laughs) I came up after doing all these exercises with it. I was just like, I want to write a book about this. Like I, I, I literally said, I was like, I want to write a book on like my crew. Like I really want to write a book about some journey and like some ship and all of those characters are going to like come to life in this book. And it's going to just be like a, a secret kind of journey of like my life and each of these destinations would be certain um, events in my life that I had to deal with in order to complete uh, the voyage. Yeah, it's almost like Melina's Odyssey. Yeah, and it's like, it has a little bit of time. It's it's like got some time travel in there. Like, 
I don't I, I don't know how I came up with that, but I just like I remember I just started writing and writing. Oh, I was like, this is gonna this is dope. But I like I put it on hold and uh yeah. <laughs> hey, well, well now it's in the world right now. Is that you not now you're manifesting it, so yeah. Gotta, no, it is. It's, it'll be it'll be it'll be like a beautiful, a beautiful story, I feel like, you know, like in the sense of how it's connecting to to where you know there's potential you know and how the potential is it's endless absolutely story. and it's like a it's kind of based around the theme of just like of like breakthrough you know of like going back and and going back and dealing with like your past traumas mm. facing them accepting them and moving on to the next one and so by the end it's like she has this breakthrough yeah. and she can finally continue on to her voyage, you know, because all of those past destinations were there, but she never really dealt with them. And so this book could also just kind of help like give a, a, a life lesson to many like readers, if they're interested mm -hmm. in that, like it would, it would be one of those like emotional health, like kind of books, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I would, I would read in a heartbeat. That's, like, really oh that's yeah. awesome to know <laughs> it's, it'll be almost it's like, like it's almost like a motivational self-help book in a sense but it's like it's best like, for the through your story the ways i can relate it back to my story and see how i can relate to different characters in your journey so get this like how i uh, just like a like a sneak peek it's basically like uh the the bases where like the 29 year old self like she wakes up at the bottom of a ship alongside her four-year-old self and the four-year-old self is freaking out because like they both wake up scared shitless and like the four-year-old has no idea who this woman is but like the the 29 year old she's looking she's like oh my god like she's freaked out because it's her she knows what she look like it's her as a child and so they're terrified and so she's kind of just like takes her and only like come on like i got you you know and then they go on this um you know, like, we're going to figure this out. Just hold on my hand, like, you know, puts her on her back and then they go up from like the, the bottom of the ship. And then all of a sudden they, they walk up the stairs and they're on a deck and they're in the middle of the sea and it's like dark and rainy. And they see all these, like, she sees all these different versions of herself clothed differently looking differently, like based on who they are, the strong one, the energy, all of those. So she's just like, okay, is this a dream? Like, did somebody put something in my drink? Like, what is going on? I haven't decided what that part was. The four-year-old is absolutely terrified, but the 29-year-old is like, I need to protect her. And then eventually the story will unfold as to how they start on that voyage and get to those destinations. Like I'm hyped. I'm hyped right now. That. Portals. Like it's, it's so, I, the more I talk about it, I haven't talked about it actually in a long time. So now I need to actually get my ass started on it. <laughs> it, it was meant to be a space line of conversation to boom. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the book that we're, that's the book that I've been, you know, put in my I love it. back burner a little bit, but now it needs to yeah. come. So you'll be, you'll be overseas soon. So yeah, yeah, you have some, some spare time maybe to in between traveling maybe and you can know you can. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like you just got me super hyped up to like start writing more like about it, not start writing, but like kind of just build like the skeleton of the book and like, you know, cause I, I, I have the idea. I have the, the theme I want, the base behind it. It's just like a matter of like writing each chapter and it doesn't have to be a super, super long book, but you know, I think, yeah. I think it could be really cool. So my sports like helped me, like when I explained it to her, she was just like, wow. What's like, her name? Her name is Barrett. Barrett. And she's, from Ger she's from Germany. Uh, Out to her. So she's definitely going to like, yeah, she's definitely going to be a part of that journey for sure. So I, I can talk to you all day. I can talk to you. Yeah, all. I mean, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so, 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 I may need to do 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 like a part two, maybe in a few months, and we're gonna see where you, where you are and, and how things. Yeah. Because you know, what we're, we're, we're working on the magazine, you know, issue and stuff like that, so you can just like check in and see where you are. And just, Absolutely, I'd be totally down for that. Yeah. 
So a few more questions for you for before I let you go. Enjoy those wings. Absolutely. You already know. <laughs> <laughs> the way you're the way you're at now, social media wise, where, where are you at? So on Instagram, just Melina Terrell. That's my only Instagram uh, account that I've got. Hit me up for anything. I'm always game to talk. Um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, Melina Terrell Pro Volley. That's my official uh, professional volleyball uh, page. And then I have just Melina Terrell as my personal account. Like, so, yeah. Melina will keep me in a light. And like, we'll be talking more soon, but like, I really like... You're doing big things and you're dope. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I, hey. I hope that I hope that anybody that does listen to this can take something from it. Like, you know, yes. oh, they like will. Light, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy Cali and talk to you soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.